often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Me, I have been well. I mean, I can't believe it's about to be February. And that means we are inching closer and closer to August. It is almost the summer. And if you don't know, we are taking a trip to Cartagena, Colombia from August 1st through the 5th. Listen, we about to be having a ball taking in all of the sights, the sounds, the good eats and drink of Cartagena. From the natural mud bath made of volcanic ash to visiting Palenque, which is a city created by enslaved Africans who rebelled against colonial rule, to luxuriating pool and beachside, we about to have a time and you need to be there. Listen, if you said that this was the year that you would do something for yourself, maybe even by yourself, Keep your word and join us. For the detailed itinerary, visit www.thebewellsis.com slash retreat. And I have linked the, I have dropped the link below. So it's an easy click for you to take a look and go ahead and reserve your seat. Booking is going to be closing very soon. So let's go ahead and hop in today's conversation, which features the Grammy Award winning Chrisette Michelle. Our conversation starts by addressing the quote elephant in the room, and she beautifully shares her insight on cancel culture. We also talk about her latest project, which is a podcast called Comeback Sis, which shares soulful conversations on navigating the ups and the downs of life. In our conversation, I reference her dope TEDx talk um, that I watch and highly recommend that you take a listen to. So I have linked that along with information about her podcast in the show notes below. So it is an easy click for you to go ahead and listen and for you to go ahead and follow uh, her podcast. But before we hop into the conversation, baby, you know the drill. If this podcast has been insightful, helpful, and or entertaining in any way, please leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, on Spotify, there's this feature that allows you to leave comments about the episode, so it's specifically about the episode, so I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Because podcasting can feel like I'm speaking into a void and can be strangely lonely, let me know that I'm not alone by engaging. And lastly, the Be Wells' Book Club is on Patreon. Bah, 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 bah. So join us to read dope books, both nonfiction and fiction, works written by Black women and non-binary folks. The February book will be announced soon, and I'd love for you to join us. So head over to patreon.com slash bewellsis to be part of the community. So now that I've gotten that all out of the way, let's go ahead and hop into this conversation. It is a good one. As always, thank you so much for joining. I am so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. Do you want better sleep and to feel good about your purchase by supporting your local communities? American Blossom Linens is sustainable, ethical, made in America with 100% American cotton. It's environmentally friendly, pure, and chemical-free softness. Imported products take over an 8,000-mile trip on cargo ships that rely on heavy fossil fuels and produce other greenhouse gases as well as air pollutants. 
Woven to last a lifetime, this bedding gets softer with every wash. They're generously sized to fit today's luxury beds with deeper pockets, plus the top and bottom labels that make putting on fitted sheets and keeping them in place a total dream. Four pillowcases come with every queen and king set, and they are responsibly crafted by families manufacturing in the USA for over 115 years. This high quality bedding is without traditional markups. American Blossom Linens prides itself on its radical transparency and ethical factories and without the use of middlemen. Therefore, those savings are passed on directly to you. In addition to bed sheets, American Blossom Linens also offers bath towels and bath towel sets, beautiful organic herringbone blankets, lightweight 100% virgin wool blankets, and wool-filled pillows. This female-created and run business boasts over 1,500 five-star reviews, always has free shipping, and offers a two-year risk-free trial. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use code BeWellSis to get a better night's sleep now. All right. So today I have an extra, extra special guest. I have the Chrisette Michelle on the show with us today. Chrisette, how are you? Happy Friday. I'm wonderful. Happy Friday. I love Fridays. You know, same. It's like the culmination of the week and traffic is always a little bit better for us on Friday, at least for me in Charlotte. Um, yeah, I love me a Friday. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I was telling you behind the scenes that I had just listened to your TEDx talk and I was doing it as I was trying to put on a little bit of a face and I had to like stop so many times just to like nod in agreement. and I took some notes um, and before we hop into like the real conversation, I had a couple of thoughts that came up um, in your TEDx. First of all, it was beautifully done. You took folks to church. Um, in your TEDx speech. It was really, really good. Um, you, I'm sure you already heard this before, but you're a beautiful like orator. Like, yes, we know you can sing. That's without a doubt. Um, and you're a great songwriter, but like just your presence um, and just speaking and delivering a message was just chef's kiss. Um, thank so thank you. And thank you for what you said too. You gave a lot of food for thought in the conversation. One of which that I've been thinking about is... Um, you mentioned cancel culture being online and you talked about how it trickles into our everyday communication too. And what I've been seeing in the mental health space, not mental health space, but like as mental health talk as becoming more popular and, and things, people talk about boundaries a lot, but they misuse boundaries in my opinion. People feel that, well, I put, I enforce a boundary and if somebody, you know, does not abide by that boundary, well, they're done. And I think it's making us really throw folks away and not do the hard work that you spoke about, which is having difficult conversations. So my question for you is, have you been seeing that translate into real life as well, not just in the online space? Yeah. So the word boundaries versus the word principles, I think, is important to note here, um, because sometimes people do have boundaries and they refer to them as boundaries. And those boundaries are to keep them safe mentally, emotionally, maybe even physically and, of course, spiritually. But principles, I think, is what um, really was the fire underneath this particular type of cancellation. And it was I don't think that a black person should stand next to a white person who doesn't think what I think. Mm -hmm. And. That was the, the, 
the the backbone of why um, everything was spewed in, in my direction mm -hmm. um, was because I was standing somewhere where people by principle thought I shouldn't be standing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's so many sides to that. Um, sometimes when you stand next to someone, uh, to the perception of others, it looks like you agree with them. Sometimes when you stand next to someone, it looks like you support them. In this particular instance, when I stood next to this group of people, I was saying that this world is insane. I know everybody is watching. Let me take a moment, a pause here and say some words that hopefully bring some hope. Mm -hmm. um, so because the principle didn't match the mission, um, I was obliterated. Um, and understandably so, people weren't listening to anything I'd said. Um, people saw me as a support and people saw me as agreeing with someone who I didn't agree with, um, but I wasn't afraid to stand next to. Um, so boundaries for other people might be, because she thinks this, I don't wanna hear anything she has to say because it triggers something on the inside of me. It makes me act the kind of way um, that maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I'm ashamed of. If I engage in conversation with her and her um, ideas, I'm going to act a certain kind of a way. And so we saw people act away because they were triggered by my actions. Um, so nothing that happened was difficult for me to understand. What was disappointing was that there wasn't any conversation where there sure. could have been conversation. <laughs> yeah, but I think and I think conversation, how is that a... Um, where we set our boundaries if we're calling ourselves the black community that was so confusing to me because you pull someone's black car to pull them out of the black community just so that you don't have to talk to them you don't talk to them and then pull their black card they decided not to speak to me before before even having a conversation yeah. they pulled the black card and so that was the part that was just like how does this work Right. It doesn't make That's sense. Work. Yeah. And it, it really, I promise you, it wasn't the cancellation itself. It was the, how does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, that'd mm -hmm. be a different way. So the TED talk was kind of saying like, you can disagree with me. That's totally understandable. You can even dislike me or, or think I'm incorrect, but to completely shut down as a community, mm -hmm. one to another, that yeah. makes us not a community. And that's what I learned is that, why are we calling ourselves a black community if we don't communicate? And, and I think that speaks to um, just how we don't have community. You, you touched on in the TED talk about how there's a mental health crisis happening in our country. Um, whether it's the black community, white community, Latino, like I think we all are facing it because we all have been so consumed with online culture and community that we have disengaged from like actual physical community. And I'm talking about myself too. Like one of the things that I'm trying to do this year are, is to just reach out to my neighbors. I don't know all of my neighbors' names. And I think, and I know growing up, that's not how it was for me. I knew my neighbors, my neighbors knew me. Um, and I think that just speaks to how our culture is these days. Like we really yeah. aren't connected. Yeah. And, and you know? you're talking to someone who travels for a living. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're looking at someone else's backdrop behind me. I'm in a hotel. I'm never home. Mm -hmm. I'm always in a different city, state, or country. And so by nature, for the last 20 years of my life, I'm interacting with people who may not speak English well, mm -hmm. who may not think the same things I think, who live in a country that's run differently than mine. Mm -hmm. So communicating with others is something that I've come accustomed to. Mm -hmm. And I was so freaked out when I got to my own country stood up for some of the things that I believed in 
and completely couldn't speak to anybody. So um, again, it's not, I know it sounds like it's about me and that happened to me or for me or with me involved, um, but it really speaks more so to how we talk to each other culturally. Sure. Um, and community-wise, yeah. For sure, for sure. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this before we kind of pivot. Um, what happened, just as a bystander looking, is it was steeped in massage noir. Um, you mentioned in the TED Talk about how the person that you sang with, like their, like the song or their, their album sales went up after that. And you were shunned by the community. And I think it speaks so like poignantly to how we are so easy to discard Black women. Even another fellow Black woman can do it because there's so much like internalized like misogyny, internalized like own racism. And you mentioned as well, like, you know, love. If I don't love myself for real, if I don't know myself for real, it's hard to extend any love, compassion, grace, even try to understand others if I don't have that within myself. Um, a, lot, so I think a, lot of, a lot of what I posed in the TED Talk was food for thought. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that I was canceled and Travis Green wasn't because he was a man. I don't think that. Um, I know that that's food for thought and that's mm -hmm. what people are saying. And I honor that, um, mm -hmm. that concept or that idea. And I understand that in general, there is a, a misogynistic undertone to society and how things are run. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But I think that with Travis and I, first of all, Travis is outstandingly um, clear on his principles. Uh, people are very clear on what he believes in. People are very clear on who he is as a person. Mm -hmm. And so he sings a gospel song for the Republican Party. Um, he's speaking to not just, quote unquote, the Black community, but he's speaking to the evangelical community. They've heard him say this before. It's not strange coming out of his mouth in song. Grisette mm. Michelle is an R&B singer. Grisette right. uh, Michelle is, you know, out smoking weed somewhere, having sex with a bunch of people in Hollywood. How could she possibly be doing this for something principle driven? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that just principle wise, people didn't know that we believe the same things. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that really uh, played a key role in uh, who went up and who went down. I think it was about the messaging mm -hmm. and the person sharing the message. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I don't blame it on misogyny. I don't blame it on Travis. Um, I blame it on, uh, I have a song called Blame It On Me, but I blame it on, on not realizing that Chrissy, if you don't tell people who you are before you just go out there and be who you are, there's a chance that they won't know who you are. Um, I took that on the chin. And I said, you know, from now on, which is why, and not to, you know, pivot, I promise, mm -hmm. but which mm -hmm. is why I started the podcast, because mm -hmm. it was like, let me let people hear me talk. Yeah. I don't think they know that I have thoughts. Let me do a TED talk. I don't think they know that I think things. Mm -hmm. um, so my first TED talk, my intention was to just pose um, pictures, not mm -hmm. necessarily opinions um, and share pictures and then have people uh, take it in themselves and, and, and decide what they think. I didn't want to tell anybody what to think. Mm -hmm. I just want to say a few facts and see mm -hmm. how people felt about them. Yeah. And so speaking of comeback, sis, um, so talk to me about what else inspired that? So yes, you want for people to, to know more about you. What are your principles and things? What else inspired it? And what yes, can expect? so much. If I'm honest, so the most exciting thing, I mean, since we're on the subject, the most exciting mm -hmm. thing about um, being knocked down, if you will, is what's in hell. 
it's like this place that really exists with all of your insecurities, with all of your brokenness, with all of your flaws, with all of your, everything that you are not good at, um, everything that's crappy about you is, is in hell waiting for you to come down there and take a look at it and be like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, but the issue with going to hell is that there's not a lot of company there. Nobody wants to go with you. <laughs> truly, really and truly. Nobody, yeah, nobody wants to be like, hey girl, I'm going to hell, you want to come? Let's go. So <laughs> it feels really uncomfortable. It's hot, there's flames everywhere. All of your flaws are being identified. You're having to put language to these flaws. You're irritable because you're sweating. <laughs> and nobody's there with you. Nobody's there with you. So come back, sis, is, you know what? I know it's frisky, but sis, I'm going to go to hell with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to bring ice and popcorn because I'm there. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm going to go with you to hell for these 45 quick minutes. I'm going to hear your story. I'm going to help you assess the situation. And hopefully we can get out there really fast. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's stories of, of, of beautiful women who we all know and love in the, in, in the community of I've fallen in the community of I've been not enough in the community of I've been married four times and I'm a preacher, like just the stories and how they got up from that. Um, my hope is to be the hand that I wished was there for me. Yeah. Uh, in hell. Yeah. yeah. Sister hand, not the yo mama hand. Mm, there the is a difference. Yes. There's a difference. Yes. I love my mom's hand. I love my auntie and them. But I need my homegirl like, sis, you, I know you lied. She said, what? Right, right, you know, right. Well, sometimes you got to look at your ugly stuff. You need your sister to be like, oh, that's nasty. But I love that's you anyway, and I got you anyway. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. Yep, that yes. non-judgmental space. I get it. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Um, so... You mentioned a couple of teasers about what we can expect to hear. So far, what has been the most like inspiring or most impactful conversation that you've had on Comeback Sis? So I'm shocked every show. Um, but there is one episode, I'm rolling my eyes already, where I am boohooing with this incredible woman who is half life coach, half prophetess, right? Now, prophet is her gifting. Nobody asked her to please come and prophesy. That was not, you know, on the, you know, pr press kit. It was, I love what you offer online. I love how you speak to women. Would you, would you be open to coming and sitting with me? Every single interview was me falling in love with a woman I had just met. And you watched that unfold. And this particular woman saw me as if she knew me for a thousand years. She didn't know she came to see me and she put so much out of me on the couch in front of all the cameras, everybody watching. And I admitted for the first time that I felt invisible. Mm. And I admitted to her that she was the first person who I felt like could see me. Mm -hmm. Not my mama, not my daddy, not my brothers, mm -hmm. not even a close friend, but a complete stranger who could look at me and see me. And the affirmation that happened in that podcast, I hope that it gives other women permission to be affirmed, feel seen and embrace being seen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a, a pivotal moment 
Yeah. Um, and then my other my other favorite moment is real talk, Kim. Like she came on my birthday. She was super loud, like she is super funny. And she makes you feel like your flaws are comedic skits. She the whole time she's like, I won't say exactly what she said. But girl, I was on my way to hell on a slip and slide. <laughs> That's how she starts her interview. <laughs> and That's then she tells me why. Mm. So yeah, it's it's really fun, really emotional, very girly. Yeah, I love it. I'm excited for it. Um, you mentioned the the being seen. Like, I think a lot of us struggle with that. Um, not feeling seen. And then also when we finally are seen, maybe feel uncomfortable in being seen because this is strange. Like, yeah, I've yearned for this, but this is uncomfortable because since I was a little girl, I just never felt seen. And now you're seeing me. Ooh, it's vulnerable. Like mm. I feel naked, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. I had to, I had to put my covers on, on the, cause we're on the couch. I said, just give me the blanket. I had to cover my, I was right. so uncomfortable. And she just kept making me, I don't know how she did it. Mm-hmm. I just kept feeling more and more available Mm -hmm. to being okay with being seen, but exactly how you said, it was super vulnerable. So I hope everybody comes with me and don't leave me out there by myself being seen. (laughs) No, you you won't be, you won't be. I think as a, like the, the lane that I find myself in like online and things is that like, we all are, are trying to, to be open and transparent and vulnerable. So we, we come in with you. We, we gonna come with you. We are definitely going to be um, tuning in to come back to this. Is it going to be um, just audio or audio and visual as well? Audio and unfortunately visual as well. Unfortunately is the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All like, was not all the tears. <laughs> Yeah, I was um thinking as I told you before, I was like put on a little bit of a face before we got on camera, and I was just like, you know, I started a podcast, so I don't have to put on eyebrows. But now, yeah, I want visuals. So now I have to put on eyebrows, a little bit of lip gloss. Like, why? And then if I do get emotional, yeah, I see all my stuff. But yes, <laughs> I get it. True <laughs> <a> story. <laughs> and I have a question about um resilience in mentorship. So kind of going back to not only just your TED talk that I just listened to, but um, just as you're talking about having to go to hell to like dissect the un the parts that you don't like about yourself, right? Um, to come out on the other side. How do you? What I was into the TED talk, you sound like a woman who has who is very firm in who you are, like, you know yourself and somebody also, I'm a fan of therapy, somebody who has been in therapy for a while. Is that true? Like, Oh yeah. My parents, okay. are there. I don't have a choice. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I, what is that? Like you were just like, emo- it's insane. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> oh my God. Because you find out from the day you're born that you're a nutcase. So it's like, now that I know I'm a nutcase, how do I navigate life? And that has been my parents' mission in my world is, baby girl, this is an issue. This is an issue. This is an issue. Let's deal with it. And I've been dealing with being alive since I was born. I mean, in a way, I'm like jealous. But in a way, I'm just like, oh, that's a lot. That is a lot. But also, like, it's cool having, I could imagine having parents who are emotionally aware, you know, and emotionally present 
on top of that. See, that's the thing is y'all be thinking therapists are emotionally present. <laughs> therapists are there to get us healthy. They don't, don't mean they're healthy. Mm, now, my parents point. are my favorite humans in the whole wide sure, world. Sure. Um, and they are literally human. Right. And in the home that we were raised in, we do big embraces of humans. Mm -hmm. um, my father taught in jails and my mother was in all the, the different uh, juvenile detention facilities. Mm -hmm. um, and our home was a safe space for children with behavioral issues. Mm -hmm. um, so they lived with us until they were able to go back out into society and be, um, you know, able to take on the world. Um, so it's all that I've seen um, with my mother studying behavioral science. Um, you had to know who you were. You didn't really get a chance. And it's not like, um, I'm strong. I am rich. I am right. positive. It's like, I have ADHD. <laughs> I can read. <laughs> it's your, we, we were affirming our behaviors, right? Yes, yes. And so once we knew our behaviors inside and out, we learned to master them from the time we were kids. Um, so the, the fun part, for instance, about being ADHD would be, well, Chrissy, it's actually your superpower mm -hmm. because they're saying that you can't pay attention to one thing. Well, you can pay attention to six things. And guess what? On this music sheet, there are six lines that you have to read at once. Mm. So they just made me feel better about being yeah. neurodivergent. Yeah. My son is, um, is, has ADHD. He's neurodivergent. And that's something he's nine now. Um, when he was first diagnosed, I wanted him want to be upfront with him about this is a characteristic um, and we're going to navigate it. But yes, it is absolutely a superpower because you can do all the things at once. And if I had your brain, my goodness, I'd be so mm -hmm. far right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, make him feel like, okay, this is something that we may have to navigate it might be challenging, but largely it is a gift because you can see all the things that I can't see right now. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I love that. Do you that. study Christian principles as well? Not necessarily. My foundation, my background is I was raised in the church. So I think inherently part of who I am, um, my foundation is Christian, but there have been, since I've been an adult, there have been some things that um, I didn't necessarily agree with. So, yeah. and now I'm like trying to come back and this is a tangent, but I, because I spent so much time in the church, I realized looking back that I gained so much um, mm -hmm. just like socially and like things like public speaking and my first leadership positions were in the church as a teenager. And I'm, and now as my kids are not necessarily growing up in the church, I'm just like, Oh, I need to figure this out because there's so much that I, I gained there, but that's a tangent. But why did you ask? <laughs> well, a lot of the, the principles um, and the instruction on how to, to, to master the mind are also what pulled me through being ADHD and bipolar type two, because mm -hmm. it was one thing to have, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. And then it was another thing to hear, like, I can actually do all things through Christ yes. and strength. It's like, I can be on Ritalin mm -hmm. and Jesus at the same time. Period. And really get, so, you know, because there's this, um, and I'm going to just tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. As a black woman, mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't get to have excuses. Right. Yeah. We don't be like, oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, my ADHD was acting yep. out today and I forgot. It's yep. you're fired. So yep. facts. Yep. You gonna need your spirit to be together. Yep. As you navigate having this neuro spicy mind. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's a mix for me of, you know, science mm-hmm. and really like taking my faith-based principles to heart and letting it help me walk out neurodivergence. Yeah, for sure. And and I find that as um, he's getting older, like we've all, we always pray together and he now he's at first he had so many questions about prayer, which were really good questions. He was like, you know, what do you mean that God's got me? Like when there are things happening in the world to like good people, I'm just like, Oh, it's complicated. And I don't have all the answers, but now as I've noticed in the past couple of months, like he, like the Bible verses that I taught him, he's like reciting. He's like, I, I feel a little bit anxious today. So I'm going to do Psalms hundred or Psalms 121 and then pray with me, mom. And then I'm going to do my best. I'm just like, yeah, do your best. And that's it. Like God's got the rest. And, and, and I'm happy to hear from you, um, somebody who's experiencing it or has experiencing it, that you need both. And I'm happy to see that he's like, starting to put those pieces together by himself too i'm proud um, of him already and you yeah oh thank you he's um he's so dope he's he's um i don't know he's been such a teacher to me i mm-hmm. i didn't realize how many lessons i still had yet to to learn just by experiencing being his mom has just been eye-opening but that's neither here nor there um <laughs> and i actually want to talk about pivoting and how We've seen you pivot and a lot of us often have to pivot um, just because of the nature of life, especially this modern time, like before maybe our parents or our parents' parents were like be in the same job and the same thing for like 30, 40 years then retire with a pension. We don't necessarily have that luxury anymore. So as you've had to navigate your career and you've pivoted, what are some things that you can share for somebody who's experiencing a time where they might have to pivot? Um, yeah. So what are some advices that you can pour into somebody who's going through it? I love that question. I actually literally am obsessed with that idea of transformation. What does it mean to grow and still be in the same spot? Mm. Right. What does it mean to grow and still be on Instagram? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to grow and still not have changed your branding colors? What does it mean to grow? And you got the same weave you had on last year. You really want to do a short pixie, but you're still wearing the same weave from last year. Like, what does it mean to be growing and looking the same? Because a pivot is changing the look of the thing that's already evolved. And so it's so difficult then to explain to people, no, I've already been this. I've just been hiding in the old me, you know? Um, So it's a matter of having grace for people, um, it's a matter of having grace for who people think you are and loving them through your um, visual transformation. You've already changed on the inside. You wouldn't be thinking about pivoting if you haven't changed already. Um, so my advice, ooh, that's so scary to say, but my <laughs> advice is to solidify the fact that you've changed. Deal with that with yourself first. Really embrace it. Really begin to create language for it. Really begin to understand what you're becoming. Ask God what it is. Ask yourself what it is. And get brave about the language before you make the announcement. Mm. Because the announcement will make itself. Mm. The announcement will make itself. Why? Because all of the uh, things that are holding you down won't be able to fit you anymore. And so you have to bust out. I didn't plan on doing a podcast. Um, somebody came up to me, my podcast manager, Sean Anthony came up to me. He was like, no, you, you don't understand. Like you, you need to do this. And I started and I stopped and I started and I stopped. And I was like, I can't invest in something that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, then I'm going to get somebody to invest in it for you. And I said, okay, when you do that, let me know. 
And so he comes back to me however many months later and he says, I've got the money. Now I just need you to be creative. I've already created it all in my head, right? I just haven't made an announcement. The announcement usually makes itself for you. So I think when it comes to pivoting, we're afraid of three things. The fact that we're growing and evolving already and nobody knows it. The fact that we're going to have to explain to somebody that I've changed and I'm not going to be who I was yesterday. And then <clears throat> the, um, how do I pay for this? Um, how do I redo my branding colors? How do I change my Instagram name? That stuff does itself. That stuff does itself. You evolve into that naturally. Um, so step one, I would say is, is be super clear about who you're becoming. Let yourself know, find language for it and begin to think of yourself that way. Speak as that person, act like that person. Just don't make an announcement. Yeah. I didn't say to anybody I was making a pivot. <clears throat> I didn't say to anybody um, that I'm putting out an album. People said, Chrisette, I can't wait to hear your next single. I didn't say I had one. People said, Chrisette, you know, you really need to do a TED talk. I didn't say I was doing one. Mm -hmm. You really need to do a podcast. I didn't say I was doing one. I've been practicing at the mirror at home. <laughs> I call my auntie and I say, auntie, I wrote a speech, listen to it, right? You can call her up and ask her, but I didn't make an announcement. Yeah. It just yeah. became what I ended up walking into. So become what you're about to walk into. And that's okay. I, Nobody has to know. I love that. I love that. What, it reminds me of one of the things that I heard, I think maybe last or the year before, but stuck with me, it was show up as the woman that you intend to be or that you, you your future you. Um, instead of thinking about this distant person, oh, you know, in 10 years, I'll be this or I'll have this or whatever, I'll accomplish this. No, 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 today, like that person's already like within you and embrace her. And to your point, find the language to communicate with those around you, whether it's just by showing up or like for people who are more intimate, like, hey, these are some things that I used to do, I may not do anymore. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate that. So, so good. Sure. Um, so this was such a good conversation. I'm super excited about Comeback Sis. When can people tune in to hear it? You can go to Comeback Sis right now, comebacksis.com. Um, you can sign up for the newsletter. And as soon as you go to the website, uh, you'll be able to watch the very first episode. So um, we decided at the for the end of January and then for the rest of the spring, it'll be our Comeback Sis era. So yeah, check us out, comebacksis.com. I love it. And I will put a, a link down below in the show notes. That way it is an easy click for you guys to go and explore, get your life, get physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like centered. Um, thank you again, um, Chris, that this was a beautiful conversation. And I'm just so grateful for all that you have put out into the world, being vulnerable, being transparent, being open and just being a model um, for how to be resilient and just a model just for being yourself. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so, grateful. May I say one thing about that word resilient before we go? Yeah, of course. One resilient isn't what you become after you fall resilient is who you are before you fall when you finally fall you have to be resilient enough to get up mm. resilient is what you are right now what you are before you make a mistake what you are before things fall apart so so work on your resilience before you have to fall and that'll be super easy to get up be super mm. easy to rebound um so resilient is your right now it's it's what you've already become um inspect that because it is how you get up it's not if you fall it's when True. and are you when you fall and i was mm.
Ooh, what a word. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and one thing that I, I'll say I took away from this conversation, uh, many things, but the one thing is you're very specific about words and language. And I love that. And that's something that I am working on. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.